We are 24 hours away from puck drop in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League regular season. And welcome to SJHL Insider. My name is Jeremy Corrigan, the media manager for the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. And welcome to our new show, SJHL Insider, which will come to you every Thursday on all of your podcast platforms, both on Apple and Spotify. And you can also watch the video portion of the podcast as well on YouTube and Facebook. But this show is going to allow us to preview the upcoming weekends in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. And then our other show, SJHL Weekly on Monday, is also going to provide a great opportunity to recap each and every weekend in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. And this show will also give a chance to hear from all the great broadcasters, insiders from across the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, as well as writers, coaches, players, you name it, here in the SJHL. So it's another great platform for you, the fan, to pay attention to everything you need to know in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League and how to keep up to date on your team. So to give you some background background on episode one, the first episode of SJHL Insider, we have a full hat trick of guests. We will hear from the play-by-play voice of the Melville Millionaires and Yorkton Terriers, Benny Walchuk. We will check in with the play-by-play broadcaster of the Humboldt Broncos, Rory McGoran, who's also one of my co-hosts on SJHL Weekly. So we'll check in with him as well. We'll go to Melfort and hear from Matt Barrett, the play-by-play voice of the Melfort. For Mustangs, and we'll preview all three of the divisions in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League and how it kind of looks this season in the league, a year where it seems like there's a lot of teams that could potentially walk away with an SJHL championship and a lot to be determined. Now, before we meet our broadcasters and talk to them about what they kind of expect for this season in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, we must take a look at the standings from last year in the league as some background when it comes to previewing these divisions. And we'll start with the Sherwood division. It was a tight matchup between the Melfort Mustangs and the Flin Flon Bombers. And at the end of the season, the last couple of weeks, Melfort's pulled away and ended up winning a division title with a 34-15, 4-5 record, good for 77 points. And it appears that team, Melfort's, they have a great returning core coming back should provide uh, another big threat in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League this season and another team compete, competing once again for a Sherwood Division Championship. Flin Flon was in second in that division with a 34-21, 2-1 record, good for 71 points. They kind of faltered in the last couple of weeks of the season. They dropped all the way down to the fifth seed, but of course... Everybody knows Flin Flon went on that impressive run to the SJHL final and then at the Centennial Cup where they had a great showing as well. The LaRange Ice Wolves were third in the division with a 29-24-1-4 record, good for 63 points. And the Nippowin Hawks, a year of change up in Nippowin for the Hawks, uh, finishing the year with a 17-35-0-6 record, good for 40 points points. Now, in the Ag Risk, the Global Ag Risk Solutions Division, it was Humboldt. A great season for the Humboldt Broncos last year, finishing in first in the division, second in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League standings, but they also had the most wins in the entire league, finishing the year with a 45-13 record, 
good for 90 points, just one point behind uh, the Estevan Bruins for first in the SJHL standings. They're looking to have another great year, but another team that has a great returning core is the Battle for North Stars. And they finished last year with a 35-17-5-1 record, good for 76 points and fourth in the SJHL standings. But, of course, they were eliminated by the Flin Flon Bombers in the first round of the playoffs. Notre Dame was third in the division with a 26-27, 3-2 record, good for 57 points. And Kindersley was fourth in the division, just missing out on the playoffs, uh, getting beat out by the Notre Dame Hounds, 24-32, 1-1 on the year. And both of those teams, Notre Dame and Kindersley, looking to try and move up the standings this year and improve on their records. Of course, Last but certainly not least, the Viterra division, the Estevan Bruins, uh, they hosted the Centennial Cup last year, and they were first in the SJHL with a 43-10-2-3 record, good for 91 points. They go on and win an SJHL championship, and then the showing at the Centennial Cup, and then Yorkton finishing in second, Melville in third, and Weyburn in fourth. And it's a perfect segue because our first guest is ready to go, and that is the play-by-play -play voice of the Yorkton Terriers and the Melville Millionaires, that being Benny Waldchuk. Benny, thanks so much for joining us. How's it going today? I'm good, Jeremy. How are you? I'm doing great. Hey, hockey season is just around the corner. It starts tomorrow. You must be very excited uh, to kind of get the ball rolling on the season. Yeah, it's been a long off season. It's been a busy off season for myself with uh, with a lot of uh, football and just uh, golfing and baseball going on. But uh, my passion is hockey and junior hockey. I can't wait to get back in the booth here very soon. Yeah, and, and obviously uh, you're one of the busiest guys in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League because you cover Yorkton, you cover Melville, and then you also cover Swan Valley and the Manitoba, Manitoba Junior Hockey League. So you're one of the busiest guys in the league for sure. But let's talk a little bit about the teams that you cover. We'll start in Yorkton. Obviously they finished sixth in the SJHL standings last year. Uh, great upset in the first round of the playoffs, but then losing to Estevan in the second round. What do you make of this returning group for uh, Matt Hare's bunch, and what do you kind of expect from the Terriers this year? Yeah, it's a little bit different than they thought about. Uh, they had Parker Jasper and Kale DePape eligible to come back, but uh, unfortunately they went uh, to different directions for their, for their junior careers uh, right now to the North American Hockey League. But uh, Matt Hare is very, very happy with his recruiting class this year. It's probably one of the best recruiting classes he's brought in since he's been a head coach and GM with the million, with the Yorkton Terriers uh, on the back end. He's, he's very happy with Dalton Mays, Cade Van Braben. Uh, he's got Logan Nimmo, who's had a great preseason to add to their, their returners like uh, Tyson Perkins and uh, Cody Norberg uh, and company and Kale Strasky. And then up front, he's uh, very impressed with his uh, recruits up there. He's got Dylan Ruptash, Brett Butts. I think he led the SJHL in preseason scoring. Uh, during the preseason and then adds with their collides with their returning group of the JD Halls, the Clay Slevas, uh, the Karsten Kruskas, uh, the, the uh, Maddox Nolskis, who's probably one of the most underrated players in the league as well. So he's pretty happy with that. And then you said goaltending with Kale DePape, one of the top netminders in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League uh, last season. Uh, but he he's very, very high on Caleb Allen. He's from Lone Tree, Colorado. Uh, he's an 18-year-old. He had a very good year with uh, in U.S. Uh, prep school, high school hockey last year. Uh, he comes in that fold of Ryan Willett, who they had a number of years ago. That comes from uh, Matt Zaba, who's uh, a former Yorkton resident, now down there doing some uh, goaltending coaching. He kind of referred 
Caleb to come up to Yorkton. He's looked very good in the preseason as well. So uh, it's a little bit different looking hockey club than maybe Matt expected a month and a half ago or two months ago, but it uh, looks like with a good preseason and a good end to the preseason, it's really coming into form at the right time. And I was just going to say the fact that you finished the preseason on a significant winning streak, that's got to bode well going into the start of the season and a crucial home and home to start the year against uh, the defending SJHL champions in Estevan. Absolutely. That's the biggest thing. And Matt said he wasn't really afraid. I know they lost a few games to start the preseason, but uh, he just wanted them to gel, get better as a team. And as the preseason on, went on, that's when you kind of saw the more of the uh, the full Yorkton roster with all the line combinations intact, finding some chemistry. So, yeah, Matt's very impressed with how the uh, the preseason ended off. He's very excited with how the week has come together here with practice. And, yeah, what, uh, what a better way to start than a home-and-home -home series with the defending champs to see where you're at here to start the season. And it's going to be a great year, not only on the ice, it sounds like, for the Yorkton Terriers, but also off the ice because they're celebrating their 50th anniversary. I mean, uh, you grew up in the Yorkton-Melville area. Maybe just speak to, you know, what it kind of means to have, you know, 50 years of Terrier hockey in the community of Yorkton. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's big. I was around my first year was when their 40th anniversary took place and had some festivities there. But uh, just the last 10 years, we've done a lot in the last 10 years from uh, winning two league championships to uh, winning a national championship in 2014 and just uh just being in the community and being the uh, the play-by-play -play voice of the yorkton terriers he met so many people that uh have been around the terrier organization for a long time a lot of board members former players executives uh, daryl spiele we see him he uh he owns a menswear shop in town we talk to daryl frequently he's leading score on the sjhl and just to hear his stories uh, with Don Chesney, who was part of the rivalry. I've known Chess for a very long time. He's talked about memories of the Yorkton Terrier. But, uh, yeah, it's an exciting year. Uh, they're going to have some uh, different style jerseys for, to celebrate their 50th anniversary. They're going to have some events with some alumni uh, as the season goes on. So, yeah, it's pretty exciting. The hype is back. And I know with the restrictions kind of lifted here fan-wise for the rink, I'm sure uh, fans are getting excited to head back to the Westline Arena and for uh, – for a full crowd like we've uh, been used to in the past. Yeah, it's going to be a very exciting year in Yorkton for sure. And it's also shaping up, it looks like, to also be a very exciting year uh, just down the highway in Melville. Lots of returning players for the Melville Millionaires. Uh, what do you kind of expect for this Millionaires team who obviously they missed the playoffs last year coming in 10th, but a strong returning group for the Mills, which is highlighted by Noah Wills? Yeah, expectations are pretty high here in Melville. I know it's uh, it's Mike's when he took over a couple of years ago. The first year was cut short due to COVID, and then uh, got, yeah, last year was kind of his first full year of his. Uh, he's him taking the reins with his recruits uh, coming into the organization, and you can just see in the development of some of those guys from last year. He's mentioned Noah, who they picked up in a trade with the Battle for North Stars. Uh, he's just been getting better and better as his junior career gone on. Gone on. When he first came into camp, he he was very very small. Uh, maybe a little timid, but uh, he's, his speed has picked up. His skating's got way better. He's a guy that's uh, not afraid to go into the dirty areas. He can shoot a puck now, which he didn't do maybe at the start of last year. He can really shoot a puck. And uh, yeah, he's offensively going to be led by Noah, but they do have a good, good supporting class. You got Zach Kane, who's returning back from injury. He's going to be the captain of the hockey club. You got Nicholas Samso, who had a great uh, season last year, cut short due to injury. And then you have guys around him that have been uh, maybe not talked about as much. You got uh, Braden Feifogel, who comes to, comes away from the uh, from this Ontario and he played in Northern Colorado last year, and he's a guy that had an excellent preseason. And then I think they don't get talked about as much as the millionaire back end. They return pretty much every single guy eligible to get back, uh, led by Aiden Robson, their assistant caption. They had Caden uh, uh, Skamalski, who's a local product from Mooseman. 
Uh, he's a 20-year-old veteran. And then you got uh, Louis Frederick, the Bears, who's, uh, who's probably a guy that's going to NCAA scouts. You're going to be looking at him. He's just a smooth skating, defensive, right-handed shot defenseman, which you can't find that often. He's very good defensively. He doesn't get beat lots. So, yeah, that's it's, it's a team that's really got a lot more depth than they did last year. And I think that Mike Rooney is going to use that to his advantage. And then when you talk about between the pipes, you got two 20-year-old netminders. We've got Clement Lalibel. I uh, still as a, a third goaltender right now, but you get two 20 year old net minders and Alexis and uh, Jared Thompson uh, coming in and Mike's not afraid to run with those guys as long as he can. He still has the room with his 20 year old limit right now. So he'll, he'll lead the way here with the goaltending. He might go back and forth. We'll see how it goes here in opening nights and the opening cu- couple of weeks of the regular season. But uh, your expectations are pretty high uh, here in Malville and, and um, with past interviews I've had Mike here the last couple of weeks, expectation is to make playoffs and make a run. And that's what's going to be exciting for this hockey club. And that's what it's going to be exciting here for the community of Malvo has been kind of uh, been kind of shorted playoff time here the last five or six years. And I think it's just exciting the fact that, you know, there's high expectations now for both Melville and Yorkton, which is just going to fuel that rivalry even more. But I guess when you look at the grand scheme of the Viterra division, obviously last year Estevan was loaded up for the Centennial Cup uh, and those other teams were kind of further back behind them. But I guess when you look at the other two teams in this Viterra division and Estevan and Weyburn, kind of in different spots, how do you kind of see them playing out this season? Because they're definitely in two different situations, one obviously being at the top of the standings last year, loading up for a Centennial Cup, and then one being at the bottom of the standings and now looking to try and improve. Yeah, you talk about Weyburn to start with. I think they're they're very similar position to Malville. They've had a lot of... uh, young players in their organization last year and they had a lot of draft picks that they've drafted the last couple of years as well and i think they're going to be led by the young guys i know ty mason just returned back from the western hockey league camp in in uh, winnipeg and from what i've heard he's been uh, very very good since returning from the whl uh they had kirk mullen who they got in the trade last year with black falls who had a heck of a second half of the season and then you have guys like matthew goche you had edward ruck who i've seen uh, play in steinbach he's now a member of the weyburn red wings so I think their expectations are like the millionaires. I think they're going to be much better, much more improved hockey club. And I think the expectation is to get into the playoffs and make a run. Uh, goaltending-wise, now they have Desai Mitchell and three good goaltenders still left uh, with the hockey club right now. So that's going to be the biggest thing. And then the back end is the same thing. A lot of those guys are very, very young. they got Nolan Henderson. they got uh, Ian Meyer also back uh, on the back end for the Weyburn Red Wings. So I think the expectations are just like Malvo, pretty similar uh, situations they're in with them young players. And we'll just have to see if those young players take that uh, jump to the next level. And then when you look at the Estevan Bruins, like I said, a lot of turnover from last year's team. I'm sure they would not exchange it for winning a, a champion SJHL championship last year, but a lot of new faces there uh, in the energy city, but uh, they're going to really rely on, I'm sure early on of their veterans. They're going to be built from the back end out with Cam Herlicka coming in. And then they're back into acquired a couple of 20-year-olds uh, in the offseason. And then you have Alex Von Sprecken coming back as well uh, to lead that back end. So uh, it's going to be one of those things. They're going to rely on those guys, maybe get some offense from the back end, and maybe rely on a guy like Cody Davis or, or Cade Rump to uh, lead the way for the uh, Bruins offensively. But so, yeah, it's a pretty wide-open division, and I'm looking forward to it. So with these matchups coming up here very, very soon, this Viterra divisional shakeup. I know we were talking about it on SJHL Weekly, the fact that it seems like in this division, it's not just Weber and Estevan, it's not just York and Melville. Like the rivalries are definitely real between all four teams in this division. And the fact that it seems like this year, you kind of already touched on it. This division seems wide open for the taking for any four of these teams this year. 
Yeah, it's it's. I, I think it's still very good. I think whoever gets off to a good start here in the first couple of months of the season can really set the tone. I right. uh, really kind of put them above everybody. But uh, yeah, it's wide open. If Malva gets on a run, uh, they're going to play Yorkton a number of times. And if Yorkton wins those head-to-head series, they could really even up quickly. And same goes with Weyburn and Esteban. So I think it's going to come down big time to to goaltending. Whoever's going to have the goaltending. I know Malva's got maybe the more experienced goaltenders coming in. Estevan does have Cam Herleka as a 19-year-old, but uh, otherwise, Weyburn and Yorkton may be a little unknown to uh, see how their goaltending will shape up. So, I think the Viterra division is going to be very, very exciting. Like you said, those rivalries have really kind of ignited the last number of years with, with some playoff matchups uh, coming to place, and yeah, it's going to be looking forward to it. Nothing better than a Yorkton Malva and a Weyburn Estevan on a Friday or Saturday night to, uh, to the feel the junior hockey in uh, all those communities. Yeah, it's a very exciting time in all four of those communities for sure. And you get to be behind the mic uh, for two of those teams. So that's uh, extra special. So, Benny, thank you so much for taking the time to chat today. Really appreciate it. And uh, best of luck this season because you're going to be, once again, very busy. <laughs> yeah, no, thanks a lot, Jeremy. And just personally welcome you back into the SJHL into Saskatchewan. And just uh, to your old media staff, uh, led by, I know, led with Commissioner Kyle McIntyre, is doing a good job in his uh, first year I'd like to thank uh, all you guys and it's uh, it's been great so far with the with the new couple of shows and just the interactions with you we've had the last couple of weeks it's going to be a big addition to the saskatchewan junior hockey league so uh, pat on the back to everybody with iks media and the sjhl media team for a job well done so far and i'm looking forward to uh, working with you guys here in the future and i speak to everybody thank you very much for the kind words we really appreciate it and we can't wait to have you on again and we'll see you around the rink thanks so much benny yeah, see you, Jeremy. All right, that is the play-by-play voice of the Yorkton Terriers and the Melville Millionaires, of course, and the Swan Valley Stampeders of the Manitoba Junior Hockey League. Benny Walchuk, a very busy guy in the SJHL, doing play-by-play, does 15 games, uh, roughly around 14, 15 games for both the Millionaires, the Terriers, as well as the Swan Valley Stampeders. So one of the busier guys in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, and he'll definitely be on the show moving forward uh, in the future on SJHL Insider because uh, he's been in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League for now going into his 11th season in the league. So it's uh, pretty incredible. Uh, Benny Walchuk, uh, one of the great guys in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League when it comes to broadcasters. And we have a lot of great broadcasters in the SJHL. And he kind of touched on it last year. Obviously, the Estevan Bruins kind of ran away with that uh, Viterra division with a 43-10-2-3 record. And the only other team in the division that ended up making the playoffs was the Yorkton Terriers at 29-22-1-6. Of course, I mentioned earlier, Benny uh, does about 15 games-ish for each team that he does broadcast for. And if you want to see his entire broadcast schedule, you can uh, check out uh, his blog as well. You can find uh, Benny on all of his social medias on, twi- on Twitter, uh, Benny at bennygx 94 Sports, But yes, the Viterra division is going to be a a very interesting battle this year in the SJHL between uh, all four of those teams that uh, appear to be very close. Uh, Our next guest uh, is not just ready, not ready just yet to go, but it is going to surround the global ag risk solution division. Um, And that's going to be between the Humble Broncos, Balfour North Stars, Notre Dame Hounds and Kindersley Clippers. Uh, Last year, of course, the Humble Broncos had the most wins in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, 45 wins in 58 games, just the 13 losses. But uh, because of the sh- no shootout losses or overtime losses, they were ended up finishing second in the SJHL due to Estevan having one more point. And despite Estevan actually having less wins 
in the SJHL. They finished with a 43-10, 2-3 record, good for 91 points. And uh, lots of holes to fill in the offseason for Scott Barney and, and company, losing some of their big pieces from last year in the SJHL. But it appears they've got uh, some great recruits coming in for sure. And then... Going up in the Global Agri Solution Division is the Battle for North Stars, who have another great returning group as well. A lot of returning forwards, a lot of returning defensemen. I do believe like 16 or 17 returning players from last year's Battle for North Stars team, which finished fourth in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League standings with a 35-17-5-1 record, good for 76 points. And the Notre Dame Hounds were the other team that made the playoffs from the Global Ag Risk Solutions Division with a 26-27, 3-2 record, good for 57 points. But they ended up losing in the first round of the playoffs to the Estevan Bruins in five games. A, a series much closer than I think a lot of people thought because those that series was much tighter. The games were a lot closer, even though it ended in five games. Um, it was a very tight battle between those two teams. But to talk more about the Global Ag Risk Solution Division, we welcome in our next guest, and that is the play-by-play -play voice of the humble Broncos. There he is, Rory McGoran. Rory, how's it going today? Jeremy, it's going great. We're, uh, well, one day away from the start of SJHL puck drop, two days away from the Humboldt Broncos, where I am right now in the Elder Peterson Arena. But, yeah, excitement and the planning is at an all-time high right now. Hey, we missed you on Monday at uh, the Cooperator Center, and I think the fans want to know, before we get into talking about the division, how did you golf on your trip? <laughs> uh, it started off strong. I think it was an 89 in round one, and then consistently <laughs> – got uh, higher and higher scores, and then golf, that's not the way you want to go over a four-round. No, no, but I'm sure there were some other factors that played into that for sure. <laughs> but let's talk hockey. Golf season's pretty much over. Uh, let's talk about the Global Agris Solution Division, and obviously let's start with the team that you obviously know the most about, and that's the Humboldt Broncos. A great year last year. They had the most wins in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, 45-13-0-0. You know, they lose some big names in the offseason, but it seems like uh, Scott Barney and company have really filled, uh, filled out their roster for this year. How do the Broncos look so far? Yeah, um, I think you've got to start with identifying the players that are no longer with the Broncos. It starts up front with Connor McGrath and Matthew Perkins, and are they going to be able to replicate the 143 points that those two combined for? Uh, it's yet to be determined, but they've done a good job in bringing in additional players that's going to contribute to a more 200-foot role towards the Humboldt Broncos. And I think you have to love the consistency of their returning players when you look at Cage Newins, Ethan Zilke, Lucas Ciccarelli, Alex Soretsky. Uh, it's a ton of experience up front. It's a little bit of a more different identity, I think, than uh, when you do lose McGrath and Perkins. But the forward unit is as complete as I think any team would like it to be. Then on defense, uh, more losses there. Five 20-year-olds out of the roster from last season. So then they get Chase Lacombe back from the WHL. They recruit Dalen Weagle from the WHL. Trade for Damon Byers uh, with championship pedigree from the Estevan Bruins. So the defense maybe losing five 20 year olds might be just as good, if not better. And then there's no bigger loss than race Ramsey in net, the all time SJHL wins wins leader in a single season. Uh, it's as big of a loss as any in the SJHL. So what do the Broncos do? They try to scour the market for goaltenders. They find one out of the USA and Benjamin Motu, and then they get one out of the QMJHL and Tristan Boileau. So uh, yeah, it, it could have been a year where, it, it looked like with all the pieces moving, that is this time we want to rebuild, but I don't think it is. And with all the pieces that rolled out, 
if the Humboldt Broncos can see themselves among the top of the SJHL standings come quarter way through or halfway through, I think you have to be immensely impressed with the ability that they've shown to get this roster right back to where it was. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's a rebuild. It seems like it's more of a reload with some of those pieces definitely coming into the roster this year for the Humboldt Broncos. And maybe just speak to the Broncos during the preseason. I really actually wanted to talk to you about that uh, preseason game against Kindersley because I caught the tail end yeah. of the broadcast. And there was five shorthanded goals for the Humboldt Broncos. Maybe just speak to the preseason in that game specifically. Uh, well, they do They do have the uh, the reigning shorthanded point leader still on the roster at Ethan Zilke. They have the reigning shorthanded goal leader in the SJHL and Lucas Ceccarelli. So I don't think it's really any surprise that they're going to be able to capitalize on teams' mistakes on the power play and score shorthanded goals, but five in a game. No, I, I, I got a text from my mom, and she said the record for shorthanded goals in an NHL game, I believe, was three scored by the Winnipeg Jets. So that was two more than the NHL record, but I've never seen it, and... I mean, give credit to, to Kindersley as well. They had, they had, I think, four power play goals. So <laughs> nine out of the 11 goals were scored on Kindersley's power play. I love, wild. I love the preseason. Yeah. Anything can happen, it seems like. Um, let's move on to uh, the Balfour North Stars. Uh, last year, I think they surprised a little. Uh, some people finishing in fourth based off of how young they were. But a lot of returning players for the North Stars, and it's shaping up to be a good year in Battlefords too, it seems like. I mean, yeah, I think they got to be the uh, preseason frontrunners to, to win the Global Agris division based off of how much returning experience they do. I think it's like 16-some-odd players uh, are back for the North Stars. And, I mean, it starts up front with Jake Southgate, with Holden Dole. And, in my opinion, a guy who's been too far underrated in this league for a few years now, Steve Kesslering, uh, a great forward that can do it all, 200-foot. He can score, he hits, he's fast as heck. Um, so their forward units are as complete as any. Tynan Ewart on the blue line is going to be a front runner to lead the league in defensive scoring. I think he had 32 points in his rookie season. And then we already saw what he did in the preseason in one of his games, scored the goal in the third period to tie it, and then scored the overtime winner to win it for Battlefords against Kindersley. So he's going to be a force. And then in net, I'm never really worried about Braden Klamasco and their ability to find goaltending. Uh, is it going to be Kenyon Lowen? He's a little bit of a smaller stature goaltender, but the numbers he put together last year proves that uh, he can do it. Uh, and then they brought in a, a little more reinforcements, but it seems like they always find one. They're one of the best coach teams in the league. And I think if you ask 10 people who are you know, the top two teams, I think all 10 would have Battlefords in the top two teams prior to the season. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to bet against a team that has a Braden Klamosko, who's won Coach of the Year two years in a row. They're a very well-coached hockey team, and I mean, they you've seen it in the preseason, too. they have It already seems a little bit like they're in midseason form with some of the ways they're playing in some of these games. Yeah, absolutely, and 16 returning players. Uh, you know, if you could fill in the holes with really nice complementary pieces, maybe one that surprises you, uh, that's how you get out of the gate strong. I think Battleford's really poised to do that. Now let's talk about the Notre Dame Hounds uh, just sneaking into the playoffs last year. You know, a tough loss in the first round to Estevan, but I, I think they pushed the Bruins a little bit, so the games were a lot closer. But, you know, the Hounds have some really good pieces on the back end. The question is, you know, they lost some really good pieces up front, so can they fill that void from last year? It's, it's a bit of an unknown right now. Uh, yeah, let's start with the back end. I mean, you're going to have a, a pairing that's going to, you know, they're vying to be the best pairing in the league are especially one mm -hmm. of the best power play pairings in Jared Sitch and Sam Kroon. 
think they combined for like 36 power play points last year on that uh, top unit. So they're going to be fine. I'm not worried about that pairing. Their defense might become the strength of their team. Mm-hmm. When you lose a Kevin Anderson and an Elliot Dutil up front, maybe that is how you change an identity and still remain competitive. But we talked about Battlefords and their returning forwards. Notre Dame, I think, has three. They got Will Dawson, Antoine St. Ange, Dane Proby. I might be missing a fourth one on that list. But they're just, they have guys coming from all over too. Some Alberta AAA, some. Uh, some North American hockey leagues coming in, some junior B players are coming in. So uh, I'm interested to see what they did in the offseason and some of these pieces, if they can become a diamond in a rough. But that forward unit is just so much turnaround that we really don't know until they get going. Yeah, it'll be interesting to start the season. You get to see them the first two games too, so you'll first get some. Out. Yeah, you'll get some insight for sure on the Notre Dame Hounds. And and then finally, the Kindersley Clippers. They just missed out on the playoffs last year, but a team that, um, when it comes to returnees, they return all their defensemen from last year, losing yeah. a bunch up front and uh, in between the pipes. But having that continuity on the back end is probably going to help them at the start of the season. You have to think. They can start a roster with six returning defensemen, which I don't know if any team can say that in the SJHL. So that is huge to have for the Kindersley Clippers. I'm excited to see if they are taking the next steps of their rebuild, which we kind of um, saw in maybe the last year or two. But uh, I think they can. Tylen Hilbig is going to be a force. He was a player in his rookie year that already looked like a four-year-old veteran. And if he has now that confidence, he he can be here and deserves to be here. He's going to be a handful for a lot of teams. Uh, you mentioned the six returning defense. And I think when you look around the league at, at holes to be filled, you, you mentioned Race Ramsey and Cal Shell. But Matt Pacenti, I think, has to be right there as well. So I'm not really sure what the goaltending situation is looking like in Kindersley. But Matt Pacenti was, I think, one of the most underrated goaltenders in the league because Kindersley only scored... I think the 10th most was 145 goals throughout the year. They had the last place penalty kill. So a lot of those times where they looked like they were, you know, the best team on the ice and, and, and ready to get, find their footing. I think Pacenti was a big reason. So they're going to need to kind of shore up that goaltending and then find a way to create a little more offense. I think they're on the right track though, to surprise a lot of people. And if they finish in six to eighth after the season, wouldn't shock me. Yeah, and at the end of the day in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, what you have to love about this league is you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. Now, final question for you, Rory. You kind of already alluded to it, but uh, when you look at this division right now, it sounds like you're, uh, what you're saying is Humboldt and Battleford seems like the teams to beat in this division so far, hey? I think prior to the season, and I mean, we know what Junior yeah. A hockey is about. Like, You need to have experience. You need to have um, depth. You got to mm-hmm. have defense and you got I mean, you got to have goaltending for sure like you know that's to get a goalie rule and if you don't have it you can score five goals a game and still finish below 500 yeah so pri- prior to the season yeah uh, i would say that there's two tiers right now and i think in the top ones battlefords and Humboldt. but like you mentioned the parity in this league is second to none so if i'm proven wrong i won't be surprised at all <laughs> That's for sure. You have to love the parody in the SJHL. Well, Rory, thank you so much for taking some time to come on SJHL Insider. We really appreciate it. Have a great weekend of uh, your home and home against the Notre Dame Hounds. And we look forward to welcoming you back to SJHL Weekly on Monday. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you Monday. All right. That is the play-by-play voice of the humble Broncos, Rory McGoran. We're excited to have him back on SJHL Weekly on Monday. And, of course, uh, you can hear to all of the humble Broncos uh, broadcasts uh, as well in Humboldt on the radio with Rory 
each and every uh, home and away game as well. So he'll be busy this weekend as the Broncos play a home and home against the Notre Dame Hounds both Saturday and Sunday with the Broncos playing their home opener on Saturday. And the final division we are going to preview is the Sherwood Division and our guest for the Sherwood Division is here. That is the play-by-play -play voice of the Melfort Mustangs, Matt Barrett. Matt, thank you so much for taking some time to join us today. Really appreciate it. How's it going? It's awesome to be here, buddy. I'm uh, excited for my debut. Yay. Everyone's making their debut in the first episode. That's <laughs> the beauty of the first episode. Everyone makes their debut. It's great. How was, uh, how was your off season? How was your summer? Uh, relaxing, but busy all in the same time. Uh, it was nice to step away for a bit and have some fun and just uh, be able to enjoy myself for a few months and some weekends with weddings and stuff. Right. So it was it was nice. Got a lot of golf in, but uh, excited to be back at the rink. It's good to hear that all the broadcasters are getting lots of golf in during the off season. It's great to hear. Hopefully everyone's uh, gotten better. Their golf game improved during the off season, but let's talk a little yeah, bit. No, of, not here. no, it didn't. Uh, yeah, no. me, me too. <laughs> it was pretty bad. It was a pretty bad year on yeah. the golf course, but that's good news is hockey's here. So we can talk hockey, <laughs> something we're much better at doing. I'm sure. Uh, let's start with the team you know well, the Melfort Mustangs. Obviously a division championship last year, but I mean a heartbreaking loss in the playoffs uh, in seven games to the Yorkton Terriers. But coming into this year, a strong returning group coming back, there must be high expectations in Melfort for this year. Big time. Uh, you know, you look at the returning group of especially 20-year-olds, mm -hmm. and it might be the best, uh, if not uh, close to the best in the SJHL, you know, the likes of Captain Ben to catch up, Joel Favreau between the pipes, uh, Hayden Tuba on the blue line, uh, Kevin Minock on the blue line, even guys like Dawson LaRue up front. Uh, Clark Huxley was a superstar in the playoffs and, you know, just guys like that. And, and that's just the tip of the iceberg for, for that returning group. Um, so it's guys who have been there, done that, uh, have felt the hurt of what last year's playoffs was. And uh, they're, they're hungry for a lot more this year. I was going to say, when you have that many returning players coming back, and you mentioned a strong returning core of 20-year-olds who felt that heartbreak last season, you have to think that, oh, it looks like we have lost Matt. I was no, just, we're good. He's good. Right he's back. We figured it out. Okay, <laughs> I was just going to say, with uh, that heartbreak of those 20-year-olds yeah. coming back, you have to think coming into this year, they are going to be very motivated going into this season. Absolutely. I yeah. mean, like it's, it's a lot of that hunger, um, that, you know, the pain that they felt like they should have been here, uh, or been in the playoffs a little longer last year. Um, but they weren't. So it's, uh, you know, understanding what, uh, what needs to be done this year, um, and, and kind of putting it into action and kind of teaching some of these kids that weren't here last year, uh, what it takes to get it done in this league. Now, obviously, the Melfort Mustangs last year, they claimed the Sherwood Division title, but one team that was pretty close to them was the Flin Flon Bombers, and they also, obviously, their experience from last year and their playoff run, they also have a strong group uh, returning as well. Do you, what do you expect from the Flin Flon Bombers this year? I expect a team that's going to be able to really put the puck in the net. They've got a really nice returning group of forwards. Um, you know, guys like Cole Dupro, uh, Jeremy Trombley, Jaden Mercier, guys are going to be able to put the puck in the net. Um, and, uh, Mike Reagan always seems to find a couple young kids that can, uh, that can really play. So, uh, I really expect another tough team to play against and a really, uh, you know, heavy, uh, heavy team in Flin Flon because that's what that team is. And they are, uh, one of the toughest teams to play in, in their home rink. And I think we all know that, uh, so they should have a really good, uh, really good club this year. I'm just a little, maybe 
I don't want to say concerned, uh, but just uh, want to see who they put in net and who might be the, the puck stopper for that crew this year. Yeah, and even uh, when I spoke with Mike Reagan during our season previews on SJHL.ca, uh, he, he said there might be a little bit of an unknown in between the pipes, but at the end of the day, uh, they'll figure it out uh, when it comes to, obviously, they got to put uh, 18 guys in front of the goalies, so we'll see how it all works out in Flinplon, but with, when you have a returning group like that, uh, you know, up front and on the back end, it's shaping up to be a really good battle between Melford and Flinflon this season, but when it comes to the other two teams in the division, let's start with LaRange finishing seventh last year in the SJHL standings, too. You know, I thought that series against Humboldt could have easily gone either way between those two teams. Some heartbreak for LaRange, but um, when it comes to the Ice Wolves, you know they have some they had some holes to fill this off season. What do you expect from them? Yeah, I mean uh, they're going to be young, but uh, mm-hmm. you know they are always going to be a tough team to play. Uh, Kevin Kaminsky and Kyle Schneider have really put this this group into a identity where it's never an easy night against them. Uh, they forecheck you hard. They're going to make life difficult on you at both ends of the rink. They're going to hit you hard, um, and they're not going to care how they do it. They are, you know, a tough team. They're they're really going to um, just make life difficult, and that's kind of the biggest thing with them. They still have some skill, though. You know, you look mm-hmm. at uh, guys like Ty Evans, who uh, should really uh, take another step forward this year. Um, some veterans like Ethan Strick and, and Walker Jerome are, are guys who have been there uh, a while and, and have done it. Right. So uh, they're going to be, uh, you know, another team to look out for um, just to maybe play, uh, play a little bit of upset um, for, for a few teams, maybe ahead of them in the standings, especially late in the season. And finally, we let's chat about the Nippon Hawks. And last year, you know, for the Hawks, they, they missed the postseason, but it definitely was a season of change for them. Uh, with you know the changing at head coach halfway through the season to Tad Kozen, a very young team last year, and it appears most of the players can come back this year. So obviously, it seems like they're going to take a step forward uh, in 2022-2023. Yeah, and the the thing with them is, I think they're going to be able to play with you know a lot of teams. They're going to be much improved this year, and especially with a year, um, a full year with Tad Kozen as their head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really going to uh, you know, help this young group adjust. Um, having that consistency of that same, you know, coach behind the bench, but up front, like Carson Dobson, Rylan Lefebvre, guys who are going to be able to score. And um, they're not going to be a pushover this year, that's for sure. Um, and in net, they had two two kids come in this year that really impressed, and it kind of made them able to move Harmon Laser Hume to Flin Flon, right? So um, they obviously have confidence with two young kids in net. Um, I, I do think it's going to take a bit of time for them to prove and kind of show what exactly they're going to be this year, but, uh, they're not going to be an easy out. Uh, that's for sure. Um, and I think they're going to be much improved from last season and they're going to compete for a playoff spot probably right until the end. Yeah. And of course, you know, you mentioned obviously last year they were a young, young team and, and going to be a year older this year, but really Tad Cozen's first full year as head coach and GM of this hockey club. And you have to think there's going to be a little bit of time for them to kind of get used to the way probably Tad wants this team to play. So there might be a, some growing pains off the hop. Yeah, you, you can probably assume that. Uh, but a lot of these guys are back from last year. Right. I think it's just going to be kind of you know, tightening the screws a little bit in the systems that Tad wants to play is kind of his first major head coaching gig, right? So it's going to be a, maybe some growing pains for him, uh, but some growing pains for some other people as well. 
But I, I, I'll say this, if, if their team plays anything like the way Tad Cozen played in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, that is going to be a very exciting team uh, to watch down the stretch. But when you look at, I guess, finally, um, Matt, when it comes to the Sherwood division, um, who do you see being a favorite in this Sherwood division? And, and what do you think, what do you kind of expect for this year for these four teams? Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. It's going to be, you know, difficult and mm -hmm. uh, might be the first time we ever see it happen. But all four teams in the, in the division, I feel, could make the playoffs mm -hmm. um, and probably will finish top nine, I believe, in the league. Um, just the competitiveness, I, you know, you look, Nipwin's going to be better than they were last year. LaRange is likely going to be better than they were last year as well. Melfort and Flimflon are, are still up there um, and likely Melford's a bit better. Flinflon might be about the same as they were last year. Right. So, um, I don't think anybody in this division is, you know, uh, looking for that first overall pick. That's for sure. Um, there, there's no sort of, uh, rebuild for any of these teams this year. I don't think. And I, you know, I, I said this with Rory and I'll say it with you again, that's what you have to love about this league is the parody. It's unbelievable. It seems like, you know, everybody's going to be competing this year. It's going to be tough to make the playoffs. Absolutely. It's, it's going to be great though. Uh, that's the best part about our league, right? Mm -hmm. And I think you guys said it is you never know who's going to win on any given night and, uh, who's going to win the league in any given season. And that's the best part about it is, um, you know, you could see the 12 seed beat the, the team in second place at mm -hmm. some point, uh, throughout the season and really can make life uh, exciting for, for the playoff race. Well, we'll see what happens when the puck drops tomorrow night for the uh, first five games of the SJHL season. Matt, thank you so much for taking some time to chat today. Really appreciate it. And uh, enjoy opening weekend. Thanks, Jeremy. You too, buddy. All right. That is the play-by-play -play voice of the Melfort Mustangs, Matt Barrett. An exciting weekend of hockey. And Matt and the Melfort Mustangs are going to be up in Flin Flon for the first, their first game of the season tomorrow night as they take on the Flin Flon Bombers in a, in a great matchup in the Sherwood division. Uh, before we wrap up the first episode of SJHL Insider, let's wrap through the, uh, the uh, schedule for the first weekend of the SJHL season. Five games on tap on Friday. Of course, like I mentioned, the Melfort Mustangs play, are visiting the Flin Flon Bombers. The Yorkton Terriers will visit the defending SJHL champion Estevan Bruins, and they will be hanging up their championship banner tomorrow night, or Friday night, I should say, as well. The Weyburn Red Wings will visit the Melville Millionaires. The Battle for North Stars take on the Kindersley Clippers at the West Central Event Center in Kindersley. And then the Nipwin Hawks will be in LaRange to take on the Ice Wolves. Saturday nights, another five games on the schedule. Flin Flon will visit Nipwin. Estevan visits Yorkton. The Balfour North Stars play their home opener against the Kindersley Clippers. Humboldt welcomes Notre Dame. And then LaRange visits the Melfort Mustangs. And then the final game of the weekend, Sunday evening in Wilcox, as the Notre Dame Hounds play host to the Humboldt Broncos. So 11 games on the schedule in opening weekend in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. It is going to be a great, great opening weekend of hockey. And quite frankly, a great 2022-2023 in the SJHL. Before we wrap up, we have to thank our sponsors who are able to uh, help us put on SJHL Insider, SJHL Weekly, that being Chevrolet, RBC, Viterra, Sastel, Direct West, Tourism Saskatchewan, and the Saskatchewan Construction Safety Association. 
thank you so much for being able to sponsoring our shows, both of them, SJHL Weekly, which airs on Monday, and of course, SJHL Insider, which airs on Thursdays. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, as well as follow us on Instagram and TikTok. And the big one for me is also subscribe to our YouTube channel. That is where you are going to find all the episodes of SJHL Weekly, which comes out on Monday and streamed live on Monday, and SJHL Insider, which comes out every Thursday afternoon. So be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, as well as you can get these episodes on demand as well, wherever you get your podcasts, whether that be Apple or Spotify as well. But that'll do it for the first episode of SJHL Insider. My name's Jeremy Corrigan. Thanks so much for joining us and enjoy the games this weekend, everyone. 